Oh, well, uh, we're recording already, I guess. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan likes to, you just, know, just, sneak up on you yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm glad I, I, maybe I said something stupid. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think so. No, no. Yeah. Um, well, hey, guys. It's Harper. Jonathan. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> us. And we're uh, doing the show, Hot Guys, that we do. <laughs> wonderful guest today Hi. it's alex button hi i'm alex button and uh you know her you love her from a uh, double trouble feature yeah ho- maybe hopefully if you don't come love me on my podcast yeah if you <laughs> haven't taken a listen to that show go check it out um what do you guys do on that show so we're another film podcast and essentially i'm very bad about seeing movies especially movies that are like important that mm-hmm. someone should have seen by now and uh, my friend Jen she's like a movie expert she used to like do program curation I think I'm probably mangling that but so <laughs> <laughs> she shows me movies that like are iconic important like something that is someone should have seen by now and then I show her I really love like weird and like kind of bad movies and mm-hmm. so I'll show her one of those but usually there's like a common theme so I've done Alien and Leprechaun in Space. Uh, <laughs> we did Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2 because I had somehow only seen Gremlins 2. Yeah, I know that my understanding is that Gremlins 2 is beloved for its badness. It's insane. I love it so much. It, it holds a very special place in my heart because it is batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's just essentially that every other week. And then we do like in-between episodes where we do like regular movie-related topics come listen yeah it's fun yeah it's fun yeah i, I like I, the double the double feature idea concept because mm-hmm. we had talked about an idea yeah where we would do like an action movie and a musical and, a musical and try yeah. to like com- compare them yeah because um i was watching this interview or it was like i think it was one of those hollywood reporter like roundtable things mm-hmm. with directors and so tarantino was talking about how he feels like action movies and musicals are like the same and i was like oh shoot oh he's not wrong like because you have to so basically like the you know you stop uh you have to you know go beyond reality you have to pause reality yeah. to like break out into a musical number or to break out into an action scene yeah yeah there's like know? an element of fantasy to mm-hmm. it yeah i wouldn't be surprised cool. if there's like similar structures too yeah to, yeah, like, yeah facilitate yeah. that Oh, now I need to... I'm going to go down, like, some sort of YouTube wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's, like, the, you know, first dance number, and then there's the big number at the end. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the action movie. Yeah. Scene, like, a big scene at the end. Yeah. 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 So, well, that's on our list of things to talk about one day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but 
Right now we're talking about Ethan Hawke. I'd love to do an Ethan Hawke double trouble feature. If, <gasps> if we need to like upgrade our equipment so we can get more people besides just Jen and I. Mm-hmm. But once that happens, yeah, you guys we'd come love to it. come on. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I think this is like the second Ethan Hawke movie I've ever seen. I think I'd only mm-hmm. seen Gattaca. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. I know yeah. that you guys talked about this in the last episode. Like, I got shown Gattaca in my high school biology class as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it fits in with like the fact that I've seen zero movies. So mm-hmm. I'll watch another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gattaca is a pretty common Gattaca in high school specifically is a common entry point for people with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't know that because we didn't. We, did, we the. Yeah. No. How did you learn about the genes? The not the well recessive. not well i got a d in biology yeah if you watch gattaca it would have all clicked yeah do you have to do the frog thing in biology frog dissecting yeah um no in middle school we did like a virtual frog dissection Whoa. yeah it was like a program where you just kind of click on things we did the real one yeah oh, we, had a real, we had a real oh. frog we yeah. also did a worm that was weird Interesting. And a grasshopper. That one smelled like shit. Can I care? Can oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It smelled like shit. Um, yeah, but only once. Okay. Oh, no, <laughs> this is last one. This is a PG-13 <laughs> podcast. You get you get a couple shits, one fuck, and that's it. Okay, I've got one shit out of the way. I'm holding on to my... <laughs> you used your F-word. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. <laughs> so, so the grasshopper. Yeah, it smelled bad. The yeah, the yeah. Frog, I remember the frog smelling bad as well. Wild. I think we also did a virtual pig dissection. Wow. Yeah. I want the software. Is that weird? Yeah. No. I think it's <laughs> it's out there somewhere. Probably. Um, yeah. I'm sure I feel someone's like it should be free. Unlocked that. I mean, I don't think it is, but I feel like it should be. You should know what be. I mean? Like yeah. educational resources should be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, are you listening, government? Yeah. <laughs> um, someone's working on it. Yeah, I think I just didn't, I didn't realize that like anyone still did real dissections anymore. Like yeah, I thought I was it was a little kind surprised. of like um, I was a little surprised. You know, like on TV how you always see high school students doing that project with yeah. like a bag of flour, or, like a fake baby or an egg or whatever. Oh. <laughs> Where, we had like f- fake babies. I didn't do it cuz I yeah, somehow got out of what what's like home ec? I don't think I did home ec. I don't know how. Yeah, we didn't have home yeah, ec. We didn't have home ec. I feel Which like it's I been kind of phased out a failure i think that like we sh- there should be a, like a home ec type of class and it's just like that historically it was mostly for girls but i think yeah. you know you could you should still have it but have boys and girls do it yeah you know? like you should have shop yeah and, and have boys and girls in and shop and yeah everyone gets to do whatever yeah. they want yeah somehow exactly. like fold in how to do your taxes into that yes just, like, balance yeah. checkbook yeah, yeah. uh you know Things that maybe you might need in addition to... Balance of Venmo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the, yeah, the contemporary Helmec. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. There's so many updated things on, like, how to do this on your social media that I'm, like, freaking out about that actually are kind of relevant. It's true. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used my F word. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you're up on the social media for the for the podcast. You do your um, double trouble feature social media, right? Yeah, I probably do too much. I've done a couple of like no such thing. I learned After Effects so that I could put. Well, I didn't learn it, but I learned an aspect of After Effects so I could put Crazy Frog inside of <laughs> um, a scene from the movie The Snowman. <laughs> it was like two in the morning when I finished, and I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> 
So teach that to the high school kids. Yeah. It's true. Important it's life skill. skills. I, I did. I, I remember. I did do. I think. I think it was in middle school that we did some Photoshop. Mm. Yeah, I think. So uh, th- that's the thing, though, is that stuff changes. Yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. So the Photoshop I learned was not. It's like. I remember the coolest thing. CS4. That you could do. Was that if you changed, like there was like a building, right? And then there's like a building next to it with glass. Mm-hmm. And if you change the color of the building, the reflection would change colors as well. And I was like, that's really cool. Like that's like, <laughs> wow. that's like enhance, you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's the type of technology that I was like impressed by. Yeah, yeah. some sort of, we got like, I think we had a Photoshop thing in middle school too. And it was like Photoshop Elements 3 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think you could also buy it at Costco. Oh, and man. you could just do like, create a cloud thing that's all i remember from it (laughs) yeah photoshop elements is not uh amazing that's what i have at work because they don't want to give me real photoshop (laughs) (laughs) you can do some stuff yeah pool photoshop yeah yeah that's okay i don't really need it yeah because we had we did we had to do photoshop and then dreamweaver which was like the website building uh-huh. thing, yeah. which I actually really liked, and um, Illustrator and Flash. Those are the ones we did. And the ones I liked the most were Flash and Dreamweaver, and I didn't like Illustrator and Photoshop as much, mm-hmm. which, like, those are the useful yeah. ones now. You were, Yeah, you weren't destined to become a graphic designer. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I like, we had to make, like, websites, and then you had to click on, and I just remember my website being, like, ugly. But that's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's got character. Yeah. yeah. But it was fun. I, I really like doing that kind of stuff. You know what I like? Movies. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Wow. Segway. Segway. It's your one segue. It's my one segue. I'm not <laughs> yeah. allowed to do it anymore. No. I feel like I'm, I'm getting better at them, though. That was yeah. good. That was smooth. Thank you. I appreciated it. Yeah, I'm trying to just find those openings, you know, anything yeah. I can I can think. always see them coming, though. Yeah, you, well, because I... Like, you kind of, like, take a deep breath yeah. in, and you look directly at me. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I know what's about to happen. Yeah. Somebody's about to talk about Ethan Hawke. That's the <laughs> Ethan Hawke face. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's not unusual for me to talk about Ethan Hawke. Um, we, I feel like something... Well, I mean, I'm always talking about Ethan Hawke out in, out in real life. My, I made my um, wallpaper, my desktop wallpaper screen whatever you call that yeah uh at work like this um like ethan hawk collage i'd made for like a social media thing and um i was doing uh like a training video call training day yes oh i haven't seen that yet no spoilers (laughs) but um i was doing like a training video call with some people showing them how to do something and so i shared my screen Mm -hmm. and so then it just suddenly like (laughs) they all they all saw (laughs) insane ethan hawk collage (laughs) it's funny yeah so you know ethan hawks in every aspect of my life now that's good and didn't they comment on it they did yeah 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 Yep. Um, one of uh, one of them said that she had named her son Ethan after Ethan Hawke. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. You should have just been like, sorry, that's my dad. Or like, just like <laughs> some, something real weird. And just like, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, they recognized him because, you know, she named her son after him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like, like after a living person, you know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. I thought about this with like tattoos. Uh-huh. 
Because it's like, you know, you got the you got the, the whole Me Too thing. People you know? are getting you don't canceled. Know. Yeah, canceled, canceled left and right. Know. Tattoo's going to get canceled. Ethan Hawke will never yeah. be canceled. Yeah, he could. You I don't know. Don't say that. I'm sorry. I've like poked around. So after this, I like did some digging into Ethan Hawke. And mm-hmm. I was like, what's Ethan Hawke been up to? Mm-hmm. I know of him. I've seen Gattaca. That's kind of it. What's he? What's his life? What's he doing? And I, doesn't He seems just like a normal cool guy. With, he's got like a daughter. He has four kids. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maya Hawk, the oldest. She's is, in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. She's a big star now. Stranger Things. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh. She has some music coming out. Who is she in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? She's One of the... just a brief. Yeah. Appearance. She's in that scene she... in the car. The people that are gonna um break in at the end, and then she's the one she, that doesn't want to do one it. Decides not to do it. Well, I thought that was Uma Thurman's kid. Yeah, they're yeah, the same. They're... The same. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Ethan Hawke and Emma Thurman were married for a while. Yeah. Holy moly! Oh, that, oh yeah. everything's coming together. <laughs> this was this was new information to me as well, though. Like around mm-hmm. the time we started doing the podcast mm-hmm. is when I learned like that they were that they had been together. I had no idea. Yeah. So. But yeah. What a couple. Yeah, I'm trying to like. I guess I just go watch Gattaca if I want to like try See, and like, visualize them together. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, I rewatching or rewatching Gattaca and having just watched Stranger Things season three, it's it was just so clear that she was both of their child. You know. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, make you can sense. see it. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it, and also like her, the way she acts and the way she talks, mm-hmm. everything about her is so Uma and Ethan. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. their mannerisms combined. Yeah, definitely. Thurmanisms. 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 Oh, that's the next podcast. That's good. Yeah, that would be good. Someone should do an UMA podcast. If you're out there doing an UMA podcast, we'd love to come on. Except for we don't talk too much about their relationship because we don't want to go into that. Yeah. That's their business. Yeah. Uh, but not the type of show we want to do. But we'd love to talk about Gattaca or tape with you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So. I've had a couple things just like pop up in my life since talking to you guys to come do this about Ethan Hawke. Well, really only one thing, but then one other weird connection actually specifically to Cedars. We'll mm. get to that. Okay. Um, I So they just recently opened uh, Alamo Draft House mm-hmm. in downtown LA. Mm. I don't know if you guys have been yet. No, no I haven't, but there's a live unspooled show that I'm thinking about going to. I recommend going. It's a good time. Good food. But uh, Alamo Draft House is known specifically for like being super against having your phone out talking you'll get like mm-hmm. kicked out mm-hmm. and they always have like this pre-show little blurb about it and i go to see the farewell and who's doing the pre-psa thing for don't talk don't text during the movie ethan honk wow wow that's crazy that's so cool and he's with a lady i don't really know who she is he's with a lady and they're like romantically i feel like uh, i should have looked this up <laughs> but i feel like they, they've maybe i don't know i don't know we'll all he look it married. up yeah. he's married his wife is ryan hawk oh that's a great name yeah oh my god uh i think but they were doing some sort of like acting scene together yeah that was like mm. romantic or whatever mm. and then so they like pretend like who's this mm. he was in juliet naked with rose byrne somewhat recently I don't know. That's like the latest romantic thing that he's been in that I could think of. Come back to me. Maybe I'll Google it at mm-hmm. some point and be like, it's this lady. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like. Oh, or it could have been Julie Delpy. Does that feel right? Was she French? It looked like it was in France. It could. 
Like, maybe. Okay. Was this on the screen or was he there? This is on the screen. Oh, That'd be okay. very cool if he yeah, was there. I'd love it. <laughs> Being romantic just in front of us. And so he like, f- did he like film a scene? It could have been something? Juliet Binoche because they're in the truth right now. That's coming out soon. Did you, it was like a film, like something filmed specifically about like not using your phone or whatever during the movie? Or was it just like. It seemed like they were, I don't know how they got them to do it, but they were having like. They were goofing, I would say. Like they were, doing, <laughs> they were like doing a scene and then just like being like, "Ah, oh, who's this dick in the audience on their phone? Put your phone oh, away." We're like trying to act yeah. for you. Come on. Oh, One of okay. Those. Yeah, Probably yeah. much better written and acted, though. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I like that they used to have stuff like that at AMC, and now they just have those little animated things. Yeah, they have the one with M and M's. Yes, they have the one with M and M's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it used to be all the silence is golden. It used to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like do, the Lemley screen that they have, the but, Lemley theaters. So they have like the sheep? So yeah, they, they have eat. sheep, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I think don't they remember. have anything about phones. It just has like a sheep. <laughs> I, I By know. the way, before you watch this movie, sheep. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of enjoying the movie. Snow or not. falling on yeah. cedars. Snow falling on cedars. Um, I also watched Snow Falling on Cedars in high school. Really? So, yeah. Well, was it about like the historical? It was an English class. I think okay. it was just my teacher liked Ethan Hawke because we watched Snow Falling on Cedars and Gattaca in that class. Oh mm. boy, it was an English class. So I've talked about really this before, no but I had an English teacher who was really into Orlando Bloom. Yeah, and she had a life size like, <laughs> cutout of Orlando Bloom. I Good can times. like imagine this person. There's like a specific person mm-hmm. who's like some. They watched Lord of the Rings and they got something in their brain. Just like <laughs> <laughs> a, a light switch turned on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was about Orlando Bloom. If there was a specific, maybe it was Elizabeth Town. I don't know. I don't know Orlando's Blooms. Orlando's Orlando's Bloom, Bloom. <laughs> podcast Orlando's number Bloom. three. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, we'll just have to get into. It. Yeah, another white man's full filmography. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hand me a croissant? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can have a croissant too as well if you oh, want. I'm this okay is, with thanks. This you. is for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. There's three, uh, one each, and then one to fight over. Yeah. That's how we like to do it. We like I did our it shows. as a social experiment. We like our shows as combative as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what Jen and I do, but mostly it's about my bad movie takes. <laughs> so maybe you'll get fought over for a croissant. Maybe you guys will hate my thoughts on snow falling on cedars. Well, time will tell. <laughs> um, yeah, how how did you feel about it? This is... I, I have a lot of notes. And I they're... Like on Double Trouble Feature, we like to like laugh and like joke about things and i picked this one out of the ones that you guys had sent me specifically because i saw a review that just said good movie for older teens and adults and i thought that was so funny <laughs> so I was like, that's me so i picked that one but also there's like uh, a very dark aspect to this film that i don't want to joke about but there's other things that i think are jokeable yeah so yeah. i'm definitely not great. joking about uh the internment of Japanese American yep, people. That's not funny, and I'm not joking about it. But there's other things in here that are just like kind of weird filmmaking choices. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's a way to um, 
respectfully talk about this movie and also joke about Ethan Hawke being Ethan Hawke. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what we do here. I think the first thing I will say about this movie is Ethan Hawke is barely in this film. Yeah, he is yeah. in it way less than I remembered because when I was thinking about... Uh, you know how I'd seen it before. I really, I really remembered it being about Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. and about his situation, but he's not in it as much as I thought. Yeah, yeah. He's like somehow the main character, but also has maybe six lines. Yeah, yeah he is first the first name that mm-hmm. appears on the yeah. I think top build is that what you call it? Top build. Yeah, I think the top the first like five people are like all white men though which i thought was kind of upsetting considering because i don't think yuki um yuko yuki kudo Mm -hmm. yeah she was not one of the first few people which i thought was kind of wrong i thought she should have been second or third yeah build right yeah i think so mike weird connection to this movie is probably i think he's third bill but the actor who plays... This is my, like, three degrees of separation from Ethan Hawke. <laughs> the actor who plays young Ethan Hawke is my... When I was uh, in high school, my, like, private music teacher's brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so oh, the first cool. scene, while while he's, like, behind a fence, I was like, oh, that's... I think that's Reef. <laughs> and then, like, you see it later, I, like, was Googling it, and he pops up, and I was like, oh, it is. And so I was like, wow, wow what a strange coincidence. That's fun. Did you know he was an actor? Yeah, he. I know that he's done other stuff because I think he was in that like Spider-Man musical that happened. Oh wow! Uh, so, uh-huh. But I don't like know him. I just like took right, right. lessons from Glasses his brother. brother yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's fine. But yeah, I've, I've like seen him and was like, oh. is he like okay? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just know because I know that uh, the there was a lot of like things that kind of went wrong with that spider-man musical oh yeah a lot of people got hurt yeah like people got injured and stuff like that because there was a lot of stunt work and like people would continually get injured doing stunts so i didn't hear anything about it yeah it was it was kind of a a a cursed Mm -hmm. now that instead of saying macbeth it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Can't talk about Spider-Man in the Spider-Man dark in for the like multiple reasons for like movie Spider-Man stuff too. What happened with movie Spider-Man? They keep getting, they keep rebooting the Spider-Mans. Oh yeah, um, and yeah. now he's like and out of the. He's out of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Because Disney Man. cannot just give Sony a little bit more money. Yeah. OG OG Spider-Man underrated. Had some gems in those those first couple of movies yeah that's okay though because i don't think i there was a whole thing with stanley's daughter where she talked about how disney like just does not care about didn't care about stanley or his family or like you know when he died they were just didn't care it kind of seemed like no one cared about stanley like he apparently like there were some like reports about like uh like caretaker abuse and stuff like that so sad and I'm really just not surprised about Disney not caring about Yeah, him. same. Yeah. But, yeah, I think his daughter seemed to feel better that it was staying in the hands of Sony, though, and not, you know, Disney. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy produced this movie. Oh. And she produces the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. And also just Alive. Remember? Owned by, yeah, just yeah. owned by Disney. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's a segue. That's a segue. That's a great segue. Holy moly. I was trying to think about how we are going to get back. I didn't even have to worry about it. <laughs> so this movie takes place in the Pacific Northwest, yes. somewhere in Washington. Some um, real foggy type of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an island in the Puget Sound, and um, it's 
a little bit after World War II yeah. has ended. Um, and it kind of flashes back and forth throughout a period of time. So the main story is about a trial that's taking place. Um, but it also flashes back to the childhood and teenage years of um, two of our main characters, um, Ishmael, played by Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. and uh, Hatsu, played by Yuki Kudo. And uh, they kind of have like a long childhood romance yeah. that happened. Um, and then it also includes a lot of stuff from during the war when she was in, uh, sent to an internment camp in California, specifically Manzanar, which is mm-hmm. um, a notable uh, Yeah, one. I was... Um... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, and also um, Ethan Hawke while he was at war mm-hmm. because yeah. he was uh, enlisted. So, yep. Yeah. I took in a road trip with my family recently, and we drove mm-hmm. past Manzanar, mm. which is really interesting. Like, you can see, there are signs that say, like, historical site or whatever, which mm-hmm. is good, because, you know, people should, like, be yeah, aware of Yeah, remember. Stuff. Um, I mean, the only thing that really you can see from the side of the road is, like, there's, like, one watchtower, like, one of those old kind of watchtowers, you mm-hmm. know, that, yeah. where you have a guard there. And that's kind of the only thing that you can see from the road and i think if you turn off and go a little bit into the like off the main highway you can get to see more of it and stuff but we just mm-hmm. saw all we saw was like the watchtower and the signs that said manzanar and all that stuff so yeah it's really interesting yeah yeah i kind of wish they had kind of spent more time on that part of the movie there's mm-hmm. like I, this movie is based on a book, from what I understand. Yeah. And I, maybe it's, like, more fleshed out in the book. But there's the the focus uh, is... It feels very secondary. They do make, like, quite a big deal about when um, all the people from their island end up mm-hmm. going. But I feel like they don't spend a lot of time specifically there. And they do spend a lot of time um, with children making out with each other, which is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it would have swapped the times there mm-hmm. yeah definitely i also think that they were the the actors that played them when they were younger i think they like looked really young but i don't think they were supposed to be playing as young as they looked if that makes sense like i think they were supposed to be like maybe 12 or 13 yeah during all mm-hmm. that stuff in the tree mm-hmm. um and then and it's it's a little weird because it does cut to ethan hawk and yogi kudo um in the in the tree and they're supposed to be still teens but okay, ethan yeah, hawk looks, yeah, yeah he looks 32 years old yeah he's so grown <laughs> by this point because i we were watching it last well we watched half of it last night and half of it this morning yeah and um when he came onto the screen, I was like, "Oh, he's so grown up." Because we, you know, we've been watching him. Yeah, grow I think up, part of it is that he didn't have ridiculous facial hair. That's true, but he's also, been, yeah, he's been he's had some kind of like soul patch one of situation, these, one of whatever, a little I don't mustache, know, a, little a little soul Van patch, Dyke or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was pretty. He was clean shaven for this, but yeah. I think he just he does he looks older he does look in this a little one. Older, yeah. yeah, it's like who's this? And we've seen him in a while. Thirty-something-year-old man on a school bus. Mm-hmm. Well, ninety-nine. <laughs> he would have been. I can do math. That was twenty years ago. Yeah. He would have been. Yeah, he would have been twenty-nine. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine, 28, 29 mm-hmm. when he filmed this. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little old to be playing a 
a high a teenager somehow both like his age and also like i think a 17 year old or 18 year old yeah 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 um but he doesn't i mean he they, he doesn't play the teenage version but too much yeah yeah um anyway so let's uh hop back into this movie sure yeah so oh yeah so the movie opens not even on ethan hawk it opens on this um there's a bunch of fog just fog just fog yeah and there's and then you you get some noises so you kind of get the feeling you're at sea you know there's Mm -hmm, some wood mm -hmm, creaking mm -hmm. yeah uh, and um and then there's a guy and he blows a horn and uh then an asian an asian man the main the the first guy that we see was white and then an asian man appears and uh and he's holding like um one of those hooks that you yeah use. like a harpoon kind of yeah thing. yeah yeah and then uh and then it cuts to the the white boat guy turning up dead uh in in his own net and richard jenkins finds yes. him which is fun. I love Richard Jenkins. I'm always there was here. a lot of like act horrors in this. There movie. were a lot of act yeah. horrors. Yes. Because I was like the because the low. Okay, so I know Max von Sydow. Oh yeah. Um, who's he in this movie? He's the defense, he's defense attorney. attorney. The old old guy who's defending. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's and there's great. the other guy. I'm I mostly know him from Minority Report, where he plays the. Do you remember? The which who? Max von Sydow. Oh, mm. he plays the guy that like founded the organization, and he like is kind of a bad guy. I don't remember that, but I believe you. Yeah, yeah, he's Wait, very good in that. Is this a different actor? No, mm-hmm. Max von Sydow. Is he in? Oh, did I say his name wrong? Yeah, that's Wait, okay. Who's he in this movie? Um, the he's defense. the defense oh, attorney. Oh, same guy. Yeah, same, same guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying I mostly know him yeah. from from Minority Report. He's yeah, got, he's, he's got jokes in this movie. That's one of my notes. Lawyer got <laughs> <jokes>. <laughs> He has like he has this like gravitas to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he like, does. He's, like, well, he's been like... acting forever. Yeah. Um. Also, and he has that like accent, whatever his voice is. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. Yeah, accent. kind of like trans, not transatlantic, but like. He's is he he's American? Older. Is he? Mid Atlantic, one of those. I don't mm-hmm. know the accents. He's Swedish. Swedish. Okay. Well, French. Swedish French. Okay, so he has a. a European, European, a kind accent. of European, That's yeah. Not specific enough to be a vibe. There were a lot of people in this uh, movie that were that had kind of. I think the the mother of the guy that dies also had kind of a, yeah, a European accent. That's one of my notes. What yeah. is this accent she's doing? German? I yeah, couldn't. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it felt kind of German. Uh, yeah, some of them had kind of like. I mean, they are in the northwest, so mm-hmm. I kind of thought that they, they have, would have like kind of northern accents yeah if that makes sense kind yeah. of canadian-y yeah um, well, you know. yeah lots of ooze and you know oot and a boot um <laughs> but uh yeah she definitely had some kind of european accent happening i distinctly remember just like listening so intently to what you were saying because i was like what is happening Wow. Yeah. I, at one point, I thought she was Irish. At one point, I thought she was German. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so another um, notable actor, uh, James Cromwell, as the judge. Um, who, yeah. And I also uh, recognize the prosecutor. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know their names. James Redhorn, um, who I think I know him from suit no not suits the other one. Oh, what's that one that i actually white, watch? white collar. collar white collar yeah <laughs> i was about to name off like every, every one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think he was their boss on White Collar. Mm. Um, I think he passed away recently. The judge? No, the prosecutor. prosecutor. Oh, okay. Famously, again, not famously, but you know, I do not watch a lot of movies and mm-hmm. don't know a lot of actors, but the person that I did recognize is a defendant, um, but I looked at his like IMDb. He just like looks super familiar, and I think I've mm-hmm. just seen him in things, but I don't think he's been in any movies I've actually seen, but he's just been kind of around. What's his name? Rick Yoon. Yeah. Hmm. So he was in the Fast and Furious, the first two Fast and Furious oh, movies. Nice. Um, he was that. also in Die Another Day. The James Bond film. Oh, <laughs> one of the Beers Brosnan ones? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I wonder who he played. I've seen a He played Zhao, an antagonist. Oh, that's really interesting. On Wikipedia, the way his roles are listed in the notes, it says antagonist or protagonist. Whoa. Which is an interesting way of looking yeah. at a person. Which is interesting, because in this movie, you like don't know. He. I wonder what they have that's him true. down for in this one. Because for most of the movie... There's nothing listed. Aha. Yeah. Cop sense. out. Cop yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do find out yeah. that he did not, in mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to be kind of rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's an because, injustice. That's yeah. Been... There's a lot of racism happening. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. So they find the body and then it cuts to a courthouse and so ethan hawk's walking into the courthouse he's a reporter his name is ishmael Mm -hmm. yeah well the first we see of him is there's they're on the boat the cops are on the boat and they're kind of talking about what's going on and then you see him walk up and then he's like uh richard jenkins is like oh i figured it would be a matter of time before you showed up or whatever Mm -hmm. and so then the two of them are walking and they're talking about He's, I think he's asking him about like what was going on. And I wasn't sure what, what his role was, but he is a I guess writer for he's a small a reporter. reporter for a small newspaper that his mm-hmm. dad had been the editor of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um yeah, so that's the first time we see him, but then he's at the courthouse and it's snowing which I feel is relevant because the movie is called Snow Falling on Cedars. There's a lot of snow in this movie, and there's a lot of talk about the snow, too, and yeah. they all talk about uh, it's just as bad as that storm from 1929. 1929. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Ethan Hawke is trying to talk to uh, a woman who looks upset. Mm-hmm. Her name's Hatsu, and uh, she tells him to go away. Yeah. yeah. It's, um and then he so then Ethan Hawke just goes to sit in the courtroom where the where the trial is going to take place and there's a couple other guys there that are talking about uh how the story is getting picked up in Seattle and then the other guy says oh it's only a big story cuz he's a jap and mm-hmm. it's like yeah they say that that a lot yes they yeah. just use that a word lot a lot um but yeah i mean i think they're really capturing the the racism of the place and the time um, and then also when Hatsu walks in, they uh, comment kind of grossly, like, uh, take a look at that. Yeah. When she walks in. I was really worried there was going to be some, like, f- fetishism aspect to this movie. Thankfully, there wasn't. It was yeah. just, like, this is a very, like, Asian American and a community that they live in. So they mm-hmm. know each other, and that was it. So yeah. whew, thanks, yeah. Ethan Hawke, for not being weird about it. I mean, I guess your character... <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was a, their relationship. I think was really interesting because clearly Ethan Hawke had some um, ingrained prejudice because of you know the time and the place that he was living. Mm. But he was just so in love with her. I don't know. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. And you get a lot of scenes of like her family like explicitly saying, "Please don't date a white guy." Yeah. Please no, don't yeah. do that. And then, what do you know? They end up in in a cedar tree. Mm-hmm making out and more yeah a lot of long yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um throughout the trial uh we get a lot of um flashbacks yeah so that's really how primarily set in the court yes yeah so it's mostly people testifying in court and then it'll flash back to different aspects of what happened and of the investigation and so um oh also the one thing i want to say about james cromwell is he was also in explorers i don't know if you remember him from that explorers was ethan hawk's first movie okay no when he was a when he was a just a boy when i was going through his films i was like i haven't heard of a lot I think I'd only mm-hmm. heard of uh, Gattaca, Training Day, and uh, uh, Dead Poets Society. Mm-hmm. It was really three. Oh, I guess in Boyhood. But a lot of them, I was like, I didn't even know what these are. I got to brush up on my Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who does he play in Explorers? He's um, Wolfgang, River Phoenix's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. had like a really thick German accent. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, anyway, there's a gross autopsy scene. Oh, I wrote down cool metal autopsy scene. <laughs> 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 yeah, so the the coroner like presses down on on the chest of the dead guy. His name the the deceased is named Carl. So he presses down on Carl's chest, and then some foam comes out of his nose. Yeah, like a lot. And he determines that meant that he died by drowning. Yeah. Yep. Um. It, the coroner is testifying though, and he's uh, definitely racist. Also, yeah, one oh, of yeah. many in this in this story, and he um, he identifies the wound on his head as a kendo wound, uh, and he says that he recognizes it because it's he, he recognizes it from the war, mm-hmm. um, because the Japanese like train their children to uh, fight from a young age, um, so that was not. And so that it's just like the first in a series of, uh, um, yeah. Un- but then you do see the... of like flashback to like a kendo training session. That's true. And it's with, I guess it's with a young um, Kazuha. Know, the, yeah, the defendant. Yeah. And Good I to... guess it's him and his like dad or something. I was wondering what that scene. I was. wasn't <laughs> sure if it was that or if it was just like a an example. Yeah. You know, if it was maybe really him. maybe. Because you, yeah, because I feel like they were like looking at his face, and he was like thinking. There was a bit of that, like him like looking out the window and thinking about like uh-huh. his experiences and stuff. That's true. Yeah. The defendant had a lot of like good staring. <laughs> There's a, just a lot of good staring in this in general, Ethan Hawke included. But the mm-hmm. defendant has like a really good like pensive mm-hmm. kind of look. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, he's in a tough situation. Definitely. It's true. He's been through a lot. Have we mentioned that the the defendant is Hatsu, oh, no. yeah. Hatsu's husband? We have not mentioned that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's he's married to her, mm-hmm. and you know maybe a little bit of some jealousy on Ethan Hawke's part. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and dog. he, also worth mentioning, was a soldier, the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see a little bit of his, like, experiences. Yeah. And there's a scene where he... Uh, well, there's kind of an interesting scene where he is... There's a He comes into, like... He comes across, like, a wounded German. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, like, points his gun at him. And he's going to, like, kind of let him just be. And then he sees the guy reaching for something, like, shiny. Mm-hmm. And he, like, hits him with his gun. And then he realizes it was, like, a... It was a canteen of canteen water. Canteen of water, yeah. 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 And so he's... That's one of the many things he's reflecting on mm-hmm. during this trial. True. I- I had like a theory that I wrote down as soon as I thought of it because this movie is essentially like Ethan Hawke's like unrequited love and rejected love's current husband on trial. It's like, what if Ethan Hawke is the real mm. murderer? <laughs> that would have been a twist. That would have been a, been a twist, fun yeah. twist. It did not happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's worth noting that the reason he's on trial is because he... There's a complicated sort of relationship that he had had Mm -hmm. with the guy that got murdered. Yeah. Which is that he had owned some of the land. His family had owned some of the land. Well, they were going to. So it was like a long process because I think technically Japanese Americans couldn't own land. But they were like working it off basically and so they were working off it was like seven acres or something and over the course of a really long time and installments they were paying in installments and it was kind of a lot for land like you know a white person wouldn't have been charged that much for that land yeah but so they had been working it off for years but they couldn't make they didn't make their last two payments and the reason for that was because they were sent to an internment camp right and so then while they were away um kazuo was at war and his family was interned uh, they the people that like owned the land sold it for much less to someone else. Yeah. Right. After all that time. Yeah. The German question mark uh, lady. lady yeah. She's the one who ended up selling it off, and it seems like there's kind of like a complicated relationship there where her husband, who I guess had passed away, uh, was like a lot more friendly and helpful with mm-hmm. their, the people that own these lands. And once he was gone, she was like, well. F these guys. I can't say the F word. Sorry to say. Because they, I'm going to like make some profit off of this. Yeah. And the, the son, who is the person who ended up dying, um, he, he's, his like feelings are even more complicated because you know, he was kind of seems like they were childhood friends, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was, yeah, that's just a part of it. Yeah, they <laughs> were childhood friends, but then he ended up going to war. And so, like, yeah. you know, then he ended up having... Uh, prejudices towards Japanese people even though he had grown up with this guy so mm-hmm. he had like a you know a lot of complicated feelings about him yeah 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 and he's so he was in the process of trying to get this get some of the land back mm-hmm. um, and they both they so they knew each other from before and they both worked on boats they were yeah boat and they fishing. fished together yeah and so that's why that's basically why he ended up on trial is because he was one, he had wanted something from him, and two, he had um, been there the day that he died. Yeah, shortly before he died, yeah. he so was on the boat. yeah, so that scene at the beginning where uh, 
there's where the, Carl is on the boat with the it blowing the horn. It's because his uh, batteries had both broken down, and so Kazuo came out and uh, gave him one an extra battery that he had. Um, yeah, and so but he was afraid to confess, well, to say that he had been there because that would have made him the last person yeah. to see him yeah. alive and would make him seem guilty. Yeah, on top of all this. What do you know about? Yeah, yeah, all that happening. Yeah, yeah. So, my theory was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Ethan Hawke did not kill him. Throw him in a in a fishing net. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, it was an accident. Yeah. 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 Which they only find out after jury goes mm-hmm. to deliberation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And Ethan Hawke is the one who, his character, I keep just saying, yeah, Ethan. Yeah, it was Ishmael, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, yeah. Um, it's the one who, like, fi- ha- he holds on to this information that is actually the deciding factor of this trial yeah. for a hot second. And at the last minute, then decides to, to show it to them, like, before, right before the jury's supposed to come back. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was a little not cool. Yeah. I, true. Uh, he was, I think he was really hurt by Hatsu. <laughs> It's yeah. uh yeah, I mean it's it was really petty. Mm-hmm. Um but he he ultimately did the right thing. Yeah, there's a scene where they're coming back from the court mm-hmm. um because like the power went out and they're he's driving home, he sees Hatsu's on the side of the road and he like gives yeah. her a ride and she's talking about how unfair the trial is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Hawk looks back or Ishmael looks back and says, Sometimes I think unfairness is a part of things, which is yeah. a, f- a fun, uh, interesting line. <laughs> yeah, but then I like so started thinking up. about it, and I was like, "Wait, your ex is your ex is talking about how her husband is being like unfairly po- prosecuted and accused of murder." And your response is, "Yeah, well, you rejected me when we were seventeen, so go yeah, freak yeah. yourself." Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> there was one line in particular that I just thought was like so pretty during during that scene where he says, "Yeah." Maybe I should write an article about unfairness. Yeah, and all and of the unfair people, yeah. things people do to each other. And then he like looks up in the rearview mirror and yeah. makes eye contact with her. Like, I'm talking about you and you know it. Yeah, you know how your husband might be uh, killed and like mm-hmm. put to death for this thing that he didn't do? Well, you said no to me like 10 years ago and I'm yeah. still mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. While she was in an internment camp. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you broke up with me during the peak of, uh, you know, Japanese-American racial tensions, and, uh, you know. Fuck your husband. Yeah. yeah, I said fuck twice, three <laughs> times now. <laughs> That's, I blame Ethan Hunk. Yeah. Well, you know, he brings it out in us. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so... I don't know. We're just kind of jumping around here. It's true. Can I bring up what I think is the strangest scene in this film? Yeah. I had to, like, really make sure I was watching what I was watching. But mm-hmm. they bring Carl, who is the guy who died's wife, onto the stand. Mm-hmm. And they're, she's being cross-examined. And they don't actually, like, play any of her audio, but they're, like, you're supposed to infer that she's being cross-examined on the stand they're just playing very dramatic music and it cuts away to her and carl having sex behind yeah. like this yeah. glass that's the her whole cross-examination yeah <laughs> it was like wait that's what is going on yeah that was a weird scene yeah there's like a weird amount of like 
sensuality in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah, a lot of sex. Yeah. You got teenagers having sex. You got mm-hmm. these people having sex behind some sort of, like, not quite frosted glass, but... Yeah, yeah it's like, like a, a shower, shower door. door yeah. 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 That was interesting. <laughs> I don't know totally why that was necessary. I would agree. Yeah. 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 It didn't feel like it was really in service of anything. Because mm-hmm. it's like with the, with some of the scenes, it's like you're establishing the fact that they, like, really cared for each other. Mm-hmm. But with this one, like, there was no need to. Like, it was her dead husband. Like, you don't need to show that. Yeah, like that we we understand she, that yeah, they had a relationship. They had a, exactly. Yeah. 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 It doesn't it doesn't really serve as anything. Mm-hmm. So that weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> a scene I really did like, though, that also used audio and visuals in a like a not normal way, but I think it worked this time was. Um, there's this scene where Ethan Hawke goes back to his parents' house um, mm-hmm. to get some old stuff of his that's related to his relationship with Hatsu, like, you know, uh, old letters and their yearbook and stuff. And um, the and so one of the letters that he has is this, is this letter that Hatsu had um, written to him to break up with him when she was yeah. in the internment camp and he was going off to war. And... um and so the audio effect is really interesting because it's kind of overlapping because Mm -hmm. it cuts back and forth between a scene of her reading the letter to her mother like letting her mom know that she's breaking up with him um so she's reading it to her mother but also then ethan hawk is like reading the letter himself and so it overlaps her voice from both uh both times Mm. um and then the visuals too are really interesting because it cuts between ishmael at home reading uh in present day reading this letter and also him at war um like in in the barracks you know reading this letter and then also yeah he was so sweaty yeah he was sweaty and he was like he's a single manly tear while he was reading the letter um and then and then it also cuts to Hatsu reading the letter to her mother. So there's a lot of interesting overlapping of visuals and audio in yeah. that scene yeah. that I did think was successful. I think it was a good like tension builder. Mm-hmm. Because then right after that what happens is he washes he's at war and he washes up on the beach mm-hmm. and um he it flashes he he's kind of flashing back to their childhood when they played on the on the beach mm-hmm. um on the island, but uh, then he gets up and his arm is hanging off. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting, like, I don't know if interesting is the right word. I don't know what to say about it. It was a twist. A twist that he didn't. Yeah, it was a twist. an arm, but I didn't really. Maybe in the book it's like has more More to do with the story, but it just kind of happens and you're like, oh, okay, he he lost his arm in war, but it's not great. And then he looks up at the camera and, like, says something racist. Yeah, he says a fucking Jap bitch or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was the part where I got a, I lost me a little bit where I was like, wait, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How, why is it her fault that you lost your arm? It's yeah. not. I mean, obviously, awful that that happened. But yeah. Yeah. And there's a few things that happened earlier that sort of like it puts it in context because you see him when he's like interviewing people. He like he's holding his notebook because yeah, you don't realize until that moment that he's missing yeah. Yeah. He's holding a notebook and then he pulls the pen out. Mm-hmm. Which I, at first I thought it was like a cigarette, but I was like, I realized later that it was a pen. Because he holds his notebook with one hand, he pulls the pen out, and he f- flips it open. Whereas if you had two mm-hmm. arms, you would just kind of hold the pen with your hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene where he's typing, 
He's only typing. He's with typing his, with one arm, yeah. and yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I didn't notice any of that until. I mean, I I thought about going back and watching because I was like, "Wait, mm-hmm. how did I miss this? <laughs> like, was I supposed to notice this before?" But I'm pretty sure, like, you're supposed to be like, "Hey, wait a second. Yeah, it's all coming together yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, I think so." And there's the another one slightly grisly scene where they're removing his arm. Yeah. 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 I I definitely winced during that. Um, for the like tension building scene where she starts reading the letter though it kind of mm-hmm. this is another like did it have to be this sexy moment where she's like essentially reading this letter to her mom about like her having sex with him yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could have glo- glossed over like if i were reading this to my mom it'd be like remember when we hung out in the <laughs> cedar tree <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um maybe we kissed yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to be with you anymore. Instead of like, remember in the cedar tree where we had our bodies on top of each other, and, and she then got... she like looks directly at her mom, like... <laughs> yeah. and her mom's like, oh, <laughs> "Or hear this?" Yeah. So I was like, Ugh, "I don't know if I'd do that one, but maybe you and your mom have a different relationship than me and my mom." <laughs> <laughs> remember when we hung <laughs> And then we have, <laughs> well, now we're breaking up. Yeah. yeah well, after that, uh, after she she breaks up with him, she gets married to Kazuo in the in the camp. Yeah. And then, like, right before he goes off to war, and then uh, there's a there's a scene where they conjugate the the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, Consummate. Conjugate. Yeah. Cons- I don't know what I'm saying. Consummate. Yeah, that's what I meant. I wrote down conjugate. I like conjugate better. Yeah, conjugate. They um, conjugate the verbs, verbs of yeah. marriage. Um, no, they consummate the marriage, and uh, there's uh, no privacy in this place. Yeah, it's, that's they pull a, they pull a curtain and play yeah. some play some tunes. Yeah, he's he's like, wouldn't some music be great? And then the mom puts on a record, which is yeah, a good mom move. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it's just kind of it's uh. It's a it's like a one moment of happiness in this really tragic situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. yeah. I thought a lot of the scenes around like the whole internment situation were interesting, like where the the like military guys come and they're like, Oh, you need to turn over all of your like anything from mm-hmm. the old country or whatever. Yeah. And so they start taking things and... And also weapons. Yes. And then they take him, the father. They take the father, yeah, because there's dynamite that he should have already turned in. But he he only had it for clearing land. Yeah, for clearing trees and stuff. And and then they take him. And on the way out, he, like, bumps into... One of the military guys bumps into a wind chime. And he pulls it off and takes it. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is kind of like a... You know, I thought it was kind of like a powerful scene because it's, like, even something as simple... It's like just a wind chime, like something that that people mm-hmm. don't really think that much about. Like that was something that they thought was necessary to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all those scenes like really gave the movie more weight and kind of wish they were kind of used a little bit more. And I think they like it doesn't take away from Ethan Hawke and his love interest relationship at all. I think if anything, it kind of adds to kind of the tragedy of like the situation, but. Yeah, I wish there was more of that instead of the kids making out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and there's a scene where they're, like, driving in the back of the car. Like, the women and children are getting 
taken and then in the back of the truck and then it's people like all the people in the town are like looking on and stuff yeah mm-hmm. so there's a lot of scenes like that where it's kind of or like even when the dad's like writing a letter and it's like this very kind of private moment mm-hmm. with him and he's like thinking about his children and stuff and then you zoom out and you see that he's like crowded in with a bunch of other people yeah and, like, like all men who had been taken from their families yeah, yeah. yeah it's like hundreds of people in this like hangar type room i think the scene where they're like in the cars being taken away is like it really i'm just realizing now that it's like a juxtaposition to the like strawberry parade festival mm-hmm. where they're like they mention like they do bring up kind of i don't know how to they mentioned that the like strawberry parade queen mm-hmm. is always like a japanese woman and i the context around it is fairly racist, but they, it's a juxtaposition of the Strawberry Princess parade mm-hmm. girl. I don't know what they... I think it was Strawberry queen? Princess or Strawberry Queen. I can't remember. Yeah, it's kind of a juxtaposition between that scene and then now it's like the flip side where it's this very tragic moment instead of a celebration. Mm-hmm. I, just didn't, I just thought about this now. This is a real thinker, Cedar. Yeah, I didn't think about that either, but yeah, yeah. it definitely was a visual parallel. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they've got the like kids on the bike in both scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, one thing I will say is that I kind of confused this movie, I think, with um, this other movie called Come See the Paradise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. No. It's with mm-hmm. um, Dennis Quaid and Tamlin Tamita. And it's also like a white man, Japanese woman during World War II. Uh, and then she ends up getting taken to, and she's, they have a baby together. And she ends up getting taken to an internment camp and she, with her, with the child. And then he, and he like can't do anything about it. Mm. Um, so I think I kind of conflate like the events of this movie and that movie in my mind. Right. Because I saw them both kind of a while ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, one thing that they make a really big deal of when they're in the crime scene itself is the coffee cup. I was confused mm, yeah. about that because they're like the coffee cup was on the ground. Yeah. But also, it was a boat, so things get knocked <laughs> things around. Fall over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I don't know. I think maybe they were kind of grasping for any kind of evidence. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, this movie is about like essentially unfairly trying to prosecute mm-hmm. a japanese person because they're fucking racist so i could see where i guess it makes sense that story-wise something that they're trying to make sense of something that trying to fold that into the story of you know how he could have done it even mm-hmm. though it doesn't really it's a boat it's kind of inconsequential over on a boat yeah. yeah yeah i think um one thing that was kind of an interesting turning point in the trial was when um, Kazuo takes the stand mm-hmm. and um, the prosecutor hooks uh, kind of starts attacking him basically uh, saying, you know, oh, like, look at his face. He, you can't know what he's thinking, like a bunch of racist stuff like that. And then the defense attorney um, uh, objects and the judge sustains. And then um, the prosecutor doesn't really back down. And then the judge says, uh, shame on you. And it was like, that's... That was that was like the first like good thing to happen in that entire trial. Yeah, is that the the judge took a stand there? Yeah, I really like that scene, and I just the defendant. I don't know. I just like him as an actor. I think. Yeah, <laughs> he did a really good job. Even though a lot of it, I, as I mentioned, he was just kind of staring, yeah. very like intensely. But 
he's really good at it. In the times where he did have lines, he was good at those too. So he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I think yeah. he probably had more lines than Ethan Hawke. Maybe same. Sure. I'm not sure. Because we had the, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to think about because some of the lines that were Ethan Hawke's were not actually his. They were the younger actors. Yeah. So mm-hmm. That's true. it's hard to keep those two straight. But there's a little bit of him scenes with his dad. So he has some scenes. I think he, Ethan Hawke did have more think, lines. Yeah, than, they were just kind of concentrated. With, yeah, because mm-hmm. he had some scenes with his dad where his dad is talking about like, you know, they wrote a, he wrote a, article basically decrying the Japanese internment and a lot of his um, uh, publishers uh, advertisers advertisers pulled out and subscribers cancelled and all that stuff so yeah speaking of Ethan Hawke's dad in this movie one thing I remember happening was when their kids are discussing like their parents and she's talking about like my parents are pretty strict and kind of implying like I shouldn't be doing like be making out with you in this tree right now because my parents mm-hmm. wouldn't like it and Ethan Hawke's like no it's not Ethan Hawke but it, young Ethan Hawke uh-huh. young Ishmael's like yeah my dad's pretty tough too and then it cuts to a scene where it's literally just his dad being like you're gonna get your sleeve caught in this newspaper machine and lose your <laughs> lose your arm and then he does lose oh, holy oh, shit wow. Wow. it was the same arm too it's oh the left my arm God. Yeah. Wow. I think about that. you're just making cl- connections left and right Damn. Holy shit. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was weird. I was like, he's worried he's about your safety. Strict. Yeah, he doesn't want you to die in this yeah. machine. <laughs> oh, so there's this whole part that happened where the... Um, so they asked Katsu to come on the stand, which I thought was interesting because I think, like, technically a spouse doesn't have to um, uh, testify against their... Like a wife and a shouldn't have to right, testify against right. their spouse, but I think you can. So I wonder if it's something that they discussed and that she wanted to, or if there were still some like anti-Japanese American laws that were happening mm. that kind of required that she. I was wondering why that happened. Yeah, and I think usually they like don't want the defendant to to testify, yeah. right? That was something I thought about. I was like, I thought like, it kind of leaves you open to yeah. being attacked on mm-hmm. the stand. I think. So that was an interesting strategy. I wonder also if it was maybe an attempt to like humanize them and make them seem like, you know, a family, like a loving couple yeah. that should, you know, instead of just like human, you know, non-human Japanese people that they, the jury wouldn't know. Also worth noting, the entire jury was white. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but Hatsu said something really good that i liked on the stand she said trials aren't only about truth even though they should be which i thought was a very powerful line which does echo an earlier thing that ethan hawk said where he said uh facts you can cling to emotions just fade away Mm -hmm. and that was something related to the trial Mm -hmm. or related yeah it was it was yeah because uh because he was talking with his mother and so, and he was like, oh, the evidence is looking like Kazuo did it. Yeah. And she's like, trials aren't only about the, tr- the truth or something. Or facts. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't what and she he, said. he disagrees. Yeah. I thought the whole scene with her was interesting also because the, the prosecuting attorney kept being, like, making the statements of, like, why... It was all, like, things she agreed with, but, like, they were coming at it from two different sides where he was like, you didn't want to testify because you thought your words would get, like, 
uh, or you didn't want to come to the police because you thought you'd get uh, in trouble. And she's like, yes, because clearly I'm here now and like people are twisting my words. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was definitely using like real real life scenarios to incriminate her mm. on the stand. Yeah. And then the other thing that I liked about that, well, that was dramatic about that scene is that the power goes out, I think, while she's on the stand. And, um, and because of the storm, the big storm that's happening. And so court is adjourned early for that day. And then the next day when they come back, the power is still out. So they have candles all over, which yeah, makes it a, lamps. Yeah. Yep. It, there's definitely like a level of ambiance to this movie. Yeah. Like that, yeah. A really clear vibe aesthetic. Everything is very brown, green, gray. Yeah. Except for they focus a lot on her lips that are red. And mm. that's like the <laughs> one thing that is like not brown, green, gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I think there's a lot of white too because of the snow. Yeah. 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 Um, and a lot of those exterior shots, I just kept saying it's twilight. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's the Pacific Northwest yeah. and there's like trees. And uh, I think especially the one that felt really twilighty to me was that scene where uh, he's. They've just been picking strawberries in the field. And so then she starts to run through the forest and he goes after her. And I think that's maybe the first time they kiss or have sex in the tree it's it's the first time she expresses like i would like it if you kissed me because mm-hmm. previously i don't think we mentioned this but like at the very not the very beginning but close to the very beginning of the movie young ishmael kisses her and she's like the fuck and like runs away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he like goes after her into the tree and is like sorry i kissed you and she's like you know what maybe it maybe it's not so bad yeah <laughs> yeah maybe we can keep doing this for i don't know f- five more years i don't know how old they're <laughs> supposed to be yeah um but yeah so the with the where they were running through the winding path in the forest felt really twilight and then <laughs> uh when it was snowing it felt very eclipse <laughs> i haven't seen any of them but i do want to very bad mm, you should if you guys ever do twilight on your show and need a guest i would be happy to come on and talk Noted. about it i want to put it in like the column b category but i think jen jen i think unironically loves the twilight not loves but definitely likes the twilight movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she really Could just be a special episode where you talk about twilight yeah. and how it's both good <laughs> and bad i think we would have to do it but i'm very interested and i could see how that'd be the case because i've seen like clips and maybe youtube videos of people roasting twilight and mm-hmm. laughed along maybe you could do twilight as the good one and then like breaking dawn part one as the bad one <laughs> yeah well, i'll just have to go watch approach. all of them and just yeah <laughs> I thought the town looked like it had the same, like, maybe this is just what all small towns look like. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it looked like the town from Three Billboards, but with snow on it. And I hated Three Billboards, so I got, like, immediately (laughs) just, like, oh, no. Because it's, like, a one-street thing, and they both, like, diagonal. I'm trying to imagine the Mm -hmm. town part of that movie. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Because it looks slightly, like, almost like an Old West town. Yeah. But, like, Mm -hmm. modern buildings and like greener more greenery and cedars yeah mm-hmm. yeah i had i had i was i was frustrated by that movie i i had i had issues with it i think i've talked about it before mm-hmm. on the show but i think i think i talked about it last week actually oh but basically my my issue with this with three billboards was like the level of like it felt like a really cynical movie mm-hmm. like it didn't feel like it was I just felt like it didn't have anything, like, good to say about 
anything really and like I, I, I it was one of those movies where I wanted to like it because I liked all the actors yeah I thought the premise was interesting the trailer like I, was great yeah and like the billboards themselves were mm-hmm. like really it's like just it's such an interesting visual and then like I think they kind of squandered the premise in the end so just, yeah it just ended up being like a movie set up for Francis McDormand to do a bunch of rants mm-hmm. people would go yeah <laughs> and that was the whole movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway Snow Falling on Cedars kind of looked like the town from that <laughs> yeah yeah except like with snow yeah I still haven't seen it but I rem- I do remember the trailer and I do feel like there's yeah. a similar structure yeah so one of the many flashbacks in this movie is to um, Ishmael's father's funeral. Mm-hmm. And so um, there, when he and his mother are like walking out of the cemetery, then they're stopped by like a large group of Japanese-American people from their town. And one of them says uh, they, like, um, they really appreciated his father and, and how he, he stood up for them for you know japanese americans during during the war yeah and um that they know ishmael will follow in his footsteps and carry on his legacy which is a theme that kind of comes up repeatedly throughout this because i think he feels a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. to uh be right and to um to be a voice like his father was but he doesn't he never really totally agreed with his father in the first place yeah he had some weird like moments i feel like Mm -hmm. when all that happened where i was like wait is ethan hawk's character racist or what's happening here yeah he is yeah he definitely has some prejudices that his father didn't have Mm -hmm. yeah yeah some institutional you know ingrained racism yeah so but i think part of his journey in this movie is like learning to overcome that and also to like that being like his father isn't bad Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah And also, I think part of his, like, racial resentment stemmed from the personal problems that he had. Yeah. Where she broke up with him mm-hmm. while she was in an internment camp. Yeah. Yeah. Like, of, of the circumstances to where, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you just kind of, like, you're like, okay, I, I this sucks, but I get it. Mm-hmm. You're in an internment camp. We don't know what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. But I think also, you know the ishmael is like living in a time where it's so easy for him to like give in to those racist thoughts and impulses because he's like in the military and he's like surrounded by all these people that also like hate japanese people yeah you know so it would just be it's even though he he grew up with a father who uh you know had the right ideals and like he loved a japanese woman and he's been surrounded by by japanese american people his whole life and he knows that it's like you know that they're people yeah um it's he's just given it's it's just so easy for him to be able to get into that uh prejudiced mindset yeah yeah because of his environment yeah i just wrote at the end ethan hawk solved racism yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a little white it was, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, i was kind of thinking like is this where it's gonna go and it did go there <laughs> yeah it really he did. basically does it's like elysium he does save him like he literally is a white dude that saves him yeah because so he goes to the coast Gu- coast guard um because the whole time you see him like doing research yeah and you don't exactly know what he's doing he's like looking at weather logs and all this other <laughs> he's stuff doing a lot of like tapping like and pointing at notes on paper uh-huh. and then like semi underlining it and he's like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and like trying to read it like am i supposed to know what this is it's like 38 
132, 137, like just a bunch of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so these coordinates, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, there were definitely times there that were like, so there was the time on the watch that would have showed the time that he died. Because oh. um, it was waterlogged, so it stopped working at the time that he fell in the water. Right. And then there was also the time that I think there was a larger ship that came by um, that he ends up thinking, I think, that he went up on on the top of the ship to take down a lantern that he had had there and so maybe when the larger ship walked by it knocked him and he fell down mm. around that time i think something that like sense. that something like that yeah but yes we do know for a fact that he climbed up tried to get the lantern and fell mm-hmm. and then that basically ethan hawk was able to figure that out and they found yeah. some blood the kind of thing that sealed the deal was that they did find some blood on top of the that post on top of the mast yeah. of the ship Master, which means yeah. that he would have had to have climbed up there and mm-hmm. he had, we saw that he had cut himself because he was trying to put the battery in place yeah. yeah and so that was what his what was the guy's name the defendant Kazuo Kazuo that was his story was that he had cut himself trying to put this battery in and so he was basically saying like okay if it's true that there's blood on top of the mast that means the cut from his hand would explain why there would be blood up there and it, in a way that it wouldn't for a murder because yeah. you couldn't really climb up there and murder him. It wouldn't make sense. So. And he was up there after Kazuo was there. Yeah, so like after the, he had gotten back on his boat and left. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's kind of the, the thing that seals the deal. And they come to... First he brings it to... Uh, her fa- Hatsu, Hatsu and Kazuo's family. Yeah. Mm-hmm before bringing it to yeah and yeah. then and then they bring it to the judge yeah but as and, we mentioned he has had this for the, most of the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean he's had it for a couple, a couple well, days because I, I, I think he's through, been working on it i think it. he's been working on it for the entire okay. movie and then he has it because that's what he says to to uh max von Sydow's character that's what he says to him actually he says i had it for a couple of days or like a he says like a day and a half i don't remember yeah, exactly the, the what day he before says. last the day okay. yeah exactly so he he had the definitive proof for a couple of days, but he had been working on it the entire movie. Um, and so they all go, ev- everyone basically from the trial, besides obviously like the defendant, go to the judge's house. Mm-hmm. And it's him, uh, it's Ethan Hawke and the defense attorney and the prosecutor and the police chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all there, and they're all sort of talking about this evidence. Mm-hmm. And the judge says, "You know, if this is true, then we have to we have to go down this avenue or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have to like consider it." And so I kind of expected that they were going to, when the court returned, that they were going to say, "Like, okay, we're going to extend this trial mm-hmm. or whatever. We found new evidence that's relevant. We're going to continue the trial." But he basically just dismisses it. Yeah. He says. Thank you for your service. This trial is over now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see throughout the movie that the judge is sort of committed to like justice and doing yeah. the right thing because there's a scene where he says, like, today marks the ninth year anniversary of Pearl Harbor, and I bring that up because he's like, it has nothing to do with this trial, and that's why I bring it up. And the point that he's making. I th- that my understanding was that the point he was making was that like Japanese people are not on trial. Like it's mm-hmm. this one individual who's on trial. 
mm-hmm. and don't let the fact that like your memory of Pearl Harbor and the like resonance of it being the anniversary cloud your judgment. Totally. That was the point that he was making. So you see that he's committed to justice this entire time and in a way that like the prosecutor isn't necessarily the prosecutor is like willing to use these sort of racist dog whistles and say like when he's giving his closing arguments to the jury he says like look at his face you can't even like read it you can't understand it Mm -hmm. simply because his face looks different than their faces yeah say chose all white people for the jury yeah well yeah and then again like you know there seem to be a lot of um weird racist laws about uh you know citizenship and land ownership for yeah. Asian Americans, so I don't know um, if that was play- if that played a role in the jury as well. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know how jury sl- rules worked. Yeah, because I, I know that presumably they wouldn't have been allowed to have Japanese people on it. Because the thing is, is like it's the defense attorney gets to choose the defend. Uh, yeah, the defense attorney gets to choose some of the jurors. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah, there's, like, this Presumably, if process. he had, if he had, like, the possibility of having some Japanese people on the jury, mm-hmm. he would have gone for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because he was clearly very interested in getting him off. Like, he, he cared about him and wanted him to be. And you see their relationship together. Like, they play chess together and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah, that. that. So they did have a rela- personal relationship mm-hmm. that they developed through this trial. Yeah. Um, and so I think if he had had the possibility of having at least some japanese people on the jury he would have taken it yeah so presumably there were no japanese people on the jury because it was not an option yeah i'm thinking maybe now that like i just don't know i'm trying to think of like timelines because there should have been i think it's not like there weren't any american born like japanese americans that were that would have been in that town at that time because people um you know uh around the same age as Ishmael would have been American born. Yeah. So they should be citizens. Yeah. I that's, mean, that's what I was thinking. So it was like a citizenship thing. Yeah. No, so I think the older I think people, people wouldn't have, but are Japanese Americans. Like, yeah. Yeah. U S born. Yeah. So, but at the same time, if the, def- or the prosecutor, like say there's like three who are part of that whole, like, what is it called? Wadier? Wadier? Mm-hmm. Wadier. Yeah. 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 Um, if they get some say and they're like, no, you're out, you're out, you're out. If, yeah, I that's true. If yeah. there's only a few, then the mm-hmm. prosecutor could have just dismissed them. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, yeah, but like you said, Ethan Hawke solved racism. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Ethan Hawke. Thank yeah. you for solving racism. So all of the like Japanese people in the court stand up and they like bow their heads down to him and thanks. Yeah, because yeah. he's up on the second floor. Yeah, that that was an interesting visual aspect of this movie is that he. He is, throughout the entire movie, there's, like, two levels of the gallery. There's the mm-hmm. one that's directly behind the sort of courtroom stage. I don't know what you call that area, but the place where all the action happens. Yeah. Where you have the benches where the judges and the attorney, the attorneys opposite each other, and then the witness stand. That section, and there's the gate and that gallery behind it. So there's that, that part. The first floor. The first floor, yeah. General admission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cheap seats. And um, the side behind um, Kazuo mm-hmm. is mostly Japanese people. And the side behind the prosecutor yeah. is mostly white people. Mm-hmm. And then there's the upper gallery, which is like maybe 
two or three rows and that's where Ethan Hawke is the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He's like sort of leaning over the balcony watching. Yeah. And there's a sort of, uh, like the balcony banisters are kind of slightly obstruct him for part of the movie. Yeah. And so I think that kind of establishes that throughout the movie, he's sort of removed himself from the situation. He's engaged, but he's not like close enough to like sit right behind them. He doesn't want to be exactly part of it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the visual metaphor of him being above it changes to mean that he's like kind of the hero. Mm-hmm. He's standing yeah. above them as like a hero in a heroic way, not in like a removed way. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's also like a, a scene where everyone is leaving the courtroom and he's like kind of being hiding behind it. Not entirely, but he's it's harder to, to see him. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hatsu. Hatsu? Yeah, Hatsu. She's. The only person who stays because she's very uh, distraught by what's happening. This mm-hmm. is like prior to him, the, the everything being let him go. being acquitted. Yeah, him yeah. being acquitted, and she's just staying there. I think what she thinks by herself. <laughs> um, yeah. But he's like there, and he's like looking over her. I'm doing air quotes. That's the kind of I think what they're trying to imply. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. how I felt about that part. But. And there is a scene where. Because, yeah, there's, at that point, there's three people left in the courtroom. There's her, Ethan Hawke, and the defense attorney, Max Moncito. He is the last person to leave, and then there's two of them left. And he, like, as he's leaving, he, like, looks up at Ethan Hawke, and they have, like, kind of a um, yeah. glance together. Yeah. And there's another scene between the two of them where that's where he brings up, like, why you, like, why he waited and Ethan Hawke asks him, like, I bet you think I waited because of my feelings for her or whatever. And then he gives this kind of poetic, you know, ramble that he does a lot in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. <laughs> he sort of just poetically rambles about things. Yeah. The way things are. Not unlike his dad. I don't know if his dad was rambling, but his dad, like, you know. Had a lot of, yeah, yeah. Ver- yeah. verbose uh, yeah. moments, things to say. Yeah. Um, speaking of things Ethan Hawke says, do you have a most Ethan Hawke line of the movie? Oh, oh did you? God. I don't know. That you, you smell like cedar thing. Oh, God, I hated it. Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> but it was like such a, because for... Wait, did he say that or did she say that? She, uh, he, 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 says he said it, it to her okay. and then she said, you do too or something. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, that line was so, I was laughing so much because it just felt so... Hopeless romantic Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Because that's, that's a vibe that he puts out <laughs> a lot. Yeah. There's always something that's kind of in the way of his perfect romance. Uh, there's something, there's some, like reality bites. Even before sunrise, you know, like distance is going to keep them apart. Yeah. Uh, Gattaca, their genes are going to keep them apart. Uh, you know, there's just, there's always something that's kind of keeping him from fulfilling his perfect true love yeah it's true so, but yeah I, I yeah that line got me yeah i heard that line was, there's that line there's another line i'll bring up later just like i think it's possibly the last line where i was just like mm. don't um but yeah that's a, i don't know i don't know what a good ethan Hawkism line is but <laughs> yeah but I, I feel like that is a good one i the only line that i remember i wrote down aside from the last line is the one where he says uh that I already mentioned. Uh, what did he say? Just as like sometimes I think unfairness is dot 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 a part of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And then he says, I'm going to write an article about the whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. The way um, people treat each other. Yeah, so is the cedar thing your line? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I'm going with the cedar. Yeah, I think mine was the one you had mentioned this earlier. Facts you can cling to, emotions just float away. Yeah, I'd written that one down too. And those those happen in very close succession. Yeah. Yes. Not time-wise, but in the, in the movie. In the movie, yeah. Yep, that's my nomination. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The last line that I rolled my eyes at i didn't dislike this movie i, I just like cling on to things it's a yeah. problem of mine where i was just like well this happened and it was weird but i didn't dislike this movie i think they could have changed it but the, the last possibly line in it is they kind of in the letter that he writes to her at some point is like i think i just need to like hold you one last time like it's like his the thing he needs for closure um and it's it's brought up and at, after uh He's acquitted after Katsu, Katsu? Kazuo. 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 Yeah. Kazuo. Yeah. Uh, I keep getting everyone's names. Ishmael, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, he, yeah, so after he's a- acquitted, um, she runs out and to Ethan Hawke and says, can I hold you now? And I wrote biggest eye roll <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yeah. And then they hug and then yeah. defense attorney looks at again and he's like, yeah, and then they clo- they do a close up on Ethan Hawke's hand, like stroking her back, which yeah. is like a little Lower too back. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he like you see him like kind of because they're pulling away from the hug, and then their faces are closer. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah, I thought he was gonna kiss her. I was yeah. like, oh, you fucking. And then bear. she just yeah. backs away. His face, yeah, his face was kind of like nestled in her neck too. Yeah, which was intimate. Yeah, he he was going for the real intimacy, and yeah. she just wanted like a hug. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how it ends, right? And that's that on that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I pulled up some reviews, like I do. Let's hear them. Um, so interesting. Roger Ebert gave this three and a half out of four stars. I think this might be the highest rated Ethan Hawke movie, highest rated by Roger Ebert, which okay. we've seen. Um, and. Yeah, he calls it a rich, multi-layered film about a high school romance and a murder trial a decade later. Did you see the review that said, good movie for older teens and adults? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I didn't see that one. But Roger Ebert also says... um, Um... He says the film written by Ron Bass and Hicks from the novel by David Gooderson is unusually satisfying in the way it unfolds. We don't feel the time structure is a gimmick, but that we learn what we need to know for each scene, which I think is kind of true. I did. It does. I don't think maybe it's aged as well. It's mm-hmm. like super well. It mm-hmm. feels a little, I don't know, like maybe there are some things that could have changed about it. I don't think it's like a perfect movie. Yeah. It's um, interesting to watch. Cause like, obviously there's, a racial aspect to it or mm-hmm. it's like oh it's a, they are being racist because that's a part of the story and then it's hard to like figure out what was actually like racist as a part of the story or what is like actually just like a weird micro microaggression when someone was writing it that was like mm-hmm. not yeah. intended to be racist yeah yeah because it's like the writers i assume are all white right yeah and then the director as well yeah um 
Yeah, so the New York Times article, and this one's by Stephen Holden, who I think we have heard from before, uh, has a pretty scathing opening line. Uh, He says, Snow falling on cedars is an almost heartbreaking example of what can happen when a filmmaker becomes so overawed by his source that he confuses dramatic storytelling with the production of mammoth coffee table art books. Wow. Bathed in deepening shades of snow-lit Prussian blue, the screen adaptation of David Gooderson's popular 1994 novel is admirably high-minded and visually gorgeous, but fatally anesthetized by its own grandiosity. Interesting. That's a lot of words. It sure is a lot of words. I mean... It did look good. It's a yeah. good looking movie. Yeah. If I had a coffee table book that had all, like, <laughs> those the cinematic shots yeah. of the Puget Sound. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't mind. Yeah. He's not wrong. Um, and I think it did get a nomination for cinematography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Anyway, so... I don't know. Mixed reviews. Yeah. Mixed reviews. Um, what would you guys rate it? Ooh, uh, we always do question. it out of five. We usually five. don't rate yeah. movies. Um, but I... Mm, I give it like a, 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 a two and a half to three-ish. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's yeah. reasonable. Yeah, I would push it to three mostly for like the things that I've the revelations I've come to since watching it. It's like, oh, you know what? That was a little smarter than I gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was well structured. I just don't know that. Oh, I don't sorry. Know. Out of five, I would give it a three. Sorry, I was thinking on a four star. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd give it a three. Sure. Yeah, three seems reasonable. Yeah, it feels right. okay. Yeah, yeah. It was well made. Mm-hmm. Pretty well acted. Yeah. Reasonably well written. Yeah, I but do think the 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 best writing was that closing argument by the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was like that was really like the scene, like the you know we're gonna play this at the Oscars scene, yeah. and it, yeah. it it was good. It was good. I didn't really mind it. Um, yeah, I wish I had written some of that down because it was like it was a long monologue, but there were some yeah. good some good lines. Yeah, it was one. good, and I I liked his like, I thought I just thought the contrast between him and the, the prosecutor was interesting. Like mm-hmm. the prosecutor's like like kind of, like giving a speech basically, mm-hmm. like a big speech about like, your responsibility as Americans and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then the defense attorney is like he he he's giving his speech as well, but he's like kind of more. It's like quieter, and it's like kind of more like thoughtful in a way like he's Mm -hmm. not like talking at you he's like kind of just explaining his view on things in a way that's like kind of it's it's like it's it felt very different than the like you can't handle the truth manner of courtroom yeah Yeah. where it's like he's like kind of just he's leaning against the post like you see his hand shaking because he's old and he's just kind of like and I thought that was an interesting visual visual scene where the prosecutor like runs his hand along the like a very steady hand along the banister of the jury, and then he when the defense attorney comes he like puts a very shaky hand just like on the post to stabilize himself. And that like that's just like a different kind of he's a different kind of person he's a different mm-hmm. kind of like lawyer. He's not trying to do that his like movements and his way of talking are not calculated necessarily. It's just him like saying like that this is this is the right thing or whatever. Um, so yeah, 
thought he was going to pass out when that happened. When they were yeah. like really focusing on his like hand being like all shaky. I was like, is this guy yeah. going to die? I didn't know if he was going to make it to the end of the trial, <laughs> he honestly. Did, at the very beginning, like the first thing, I think he's so oh, <laughs> making so many noises today. One of the, like, the thing that I wrote where it's like, honestly, there's got jokes is when he somebody says like you don't like you're not as old as you look and he said if i did i'd be dead or something like that yeah he's just like you should, you should like act your age or something and he says if i did i'd be dead yeah. <laughs> i was like that's, that's funny. good yeah i thought his performance was good i thought the like because i feel like the courtroom scenes the main performance performances because everyone else is like you know, Kazuo's, like, kind of just looking on. He doesn't say anything because he's the defendant. Like, you don't really say much. And then Ethan Hawke doesn't really say much because he's sitting in, you know, mm-hmm. like... But, but the main players during the courtroom drama, which is most of the movie, are uh, the defense attorney, the prosecutor, and a little bit of the judge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're you mostly seeing their dynamic play off each other throughout most of the movie. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting because, like, nominally they're not really the main characters. Like, if you, like the, the plot is about Ethan Hawke or about Kazuo or about... Uh, what was her name? Hatsu. Hatsu. Hatsu with an H. Hatsu? Hatsu? Yeah. Okay. So it's about them. Like, the story is about them. But the performances are mostly Max von Sydow and... Um, yeah. <clears throat> They've got... It's, yeah, it's a good, like, juxtaposition, especially between the attorneys because, like, the prosecutor is, like... He's very like cutthroat, whereas like yeah. the defense attorney, I would say I know this is like an age term now, but he's got like big dick energy, where he's like <laughs> very like calm about it, but still just like very effective. I yeah, don't, I don't know if that is the definition of big big dick energy, but it, yeah, it seems right. And then yeah. the judge is just very like he's very diplomatic, but obviously there's the like hint at his kind of morality. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, three out of five hawks. Three out of five hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hawks, Jonathan, do you have something you'd like to share with us? Sure. So Jonathan always has a hawk fact. Ooh. Yes. But I think actually before your hawk fact, I'd like to to mention something from your show. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So on your iconic episode about the film The Birds Where I mostly and just frogs. Went, yeah. Ranted about. <laughs> how i hated the birds yeah um you i i believe you mentioned that birds aren't real birds aren't real birds are not real birds are not real they are fake birds are fake birds aren't real.com same place yeah it's a real website birds aren't real dot com and then i think there's multiple instagram (laughs) accounts wow yeah i saw a sticker um there's a sticker near the expo station that I've passed like a billion times that says birds aren't real. Oh. So I've seen like stickers for the bird. The movement? The movement. The movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, in defiance of this movement, Jonathan will share now a hawk fact. This is propaganda. Yes. From these, this sham book about birds. Um, yeah. So I, I figured I would just pull up some, some facts about, I know this movie is not set in Japan, but centers around japanese american uh people and so i figured i'd pull up some 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 facts about uh japanese hawks nice so i looked up the japanese sparrow hawk uh, the accipiter gularis 
Um, and this entire book is just about birds in Japan. So if you're into fake that sort news. of thing, if you're into <laughs> fake news, find The Status and Distribution of Diurnal Raptors in Japan by M.A. Brazil and S.N.S. Hanawa. So there you go. Um, but I love the description of the Japanese sparrowhawk. It is a rather inconspicuous, secretive forest accipiter. Austin and Kuruda knew virtually nothing of its breeding distribution, and it remains relatively poorly known in Japan even today. It is an uncommon summer visitor to most of Japan, from Hokkaido south to southern Honshu and probably Kyushu, arriving in April, etc., etc. So I just love the idea, the description of it being a mysterious bird, and it prefers mountain montane deciduous and mixed forest interesting that it's a secretive bird yeah considering <laughs> that birds are drones from the government <laughs> well it's like uh uh this was about real birds but remember there was one hawk fact that you shared that was about um hawks being used to intercept pigeons in world war ii right yeah like messenger pigeons yeah so that's basically like a drone yeah it's true but yeah. I do believe that they were real. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for your hawk fact. Yeah, even thank you. I disagree with uh, them being real. Yeah. <laughs> I was, oh my god. Um, thank you for coming. Thanks for having. And yeah, talking do, about do we have movie. any closing thoughts? On do, oh yeah, movie? do we have any closing thoughts? Three out of five hawks. Less mm-hmm. kids making out scenes would have been nice. More scenes with the, you know, some historical weight to them, which were, like, pretty effective scenes would have improved mm-hmm. this movie. But three out of five hawks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think most of the best stuff of this movie didn't have anything to do with Ethan Hawke. Like, yeah. I think the stuff, the courtroom stuff, I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, courtroom scenes go, there's yeah. a lot of great ones, and I thought this one was pretty good. And then I think specifically all of the scenes with uh just related to the internment just like Mm -hmm. this small like because it's easy to sort of dis disengage from like the reality of it but the way that they portray like them being taken from their home yeah it's kind of like it's not like they're busting in and like rounding like it's kind of like this it's like a slow sort of scene and i don't know it just it 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 makes it feel very real or like when they're being driven out of the town like everything seems to be happening so slowly mm-hmm. which is i don't know just kind of interesting like and I f- it, it felt real in the sense of like that it's such a surreal thing to happen to you that it feels like it's moving in slow motion mm-hmm. and i thought that like all of those scenes i thought were really well done and even just the scene where he's writing to his kids and then you see it pan out and this like or like with the curtain, like I, I, all of your most private moments are shared with hundreds of other people yeah. because you don't have a choice. Yeah. And I thought all of that stuff was like really, really well done, but the entire movie itself, like it, it, it ends up just being this sort of, yeah, it ends up kind of just being this white savior story and all that stuff. So I think like, <laughs> I, I, you know, you made a joke about it, about it being like good movie for, what did you, you say? I think they said old, older teens and adults. <laughs> yeah, like, I think all of those scenes would be great to show in, like, a history class yeah. in high school. And I thought it, I think it would be a really effective way to, like, illustrate what a reality 
of that kind of thing happening would feel like to you. Yeah. Where you're sitting there and you have to, you know, the, the real anger, the real frustration of it. Um, and so all that stuff I thought was really well done, but overall I thought it was kind of just so-so as yeah. a movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it made me think a lot about what's happening in our country today. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, it's, a, it's a good time to think about donating to races in the ACLU. Yep. That's what I'm going to say. Um, and uh, also, if you're interested in learning more about the history of Japanese American people, there is the Japanese American National Museum if you're an L.A. local. And it's like nearby here, right? Um, or is no, there, am I thinking of... Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, it's in... Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 So that's a really cool place. Uh, Woodwreck. Great. My great grandmother's name is on a wall there. Ooh. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There they is, have really interesting so, exhibits. Sorry, Kaya. But there is like a Japanese like community near here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like on also. South, so. South, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if there's any museums, but. Yeah. I, I think I'm think just so. getting like my historical museums confused in LA. Mm-hmm. I think there's one in, somewhere on the west side. But. There's the Museum of Tolerance is not too far from here. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Also a cool place to check out. Yep. I went there a lot when I was a kid because yeah. I lived by there. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, I have no no good no good exit from that. Uh, yeah, we should all. I think this is. A, I think we should all just um, remember our history, and uh, that's where I'm gonna leave that. Sure, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About, uh, and I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke. I've been enjoying the Norwegian teen drama Scum. Ooh. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jonathan. You can find me on Instagram at John Zavaleta. I'm not going to spell it. And um, I think I've been enjoying I watched it yesterday. I'm going to watch it too today. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Fun movie. And um, Alex, where can we find you and also your podcast and anything else you want to plug? Sure. Uh, you can find me if you want to follow me. I'm not that interesting on Instagram, but I think it's either like a button underscore. Or underscore I think it's underscore a button. Underscore a button. Yeah, I had to. It's Twitter and Instagram. It, it, it's one is the flip version. So I don't know. Follow me on Twitter, too. Um, you can find Dub Trub feature on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. We're on Letterboxd as well. Oh, uh, nice. Dub Trub feature. D-U-B-T-R-U-B letterbox we just have a list that says the best movie ever and it's just gremlins too uh, <laughs> so we're not very interesting there um and then th- things i like in my life is that the thing yeah, oh just yeah like what are you enjoying in media yeah music movies that's not shows, ethan hawk related else. oh boy i've been watching so much 90 day fiance and i hate myself the nice. end. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun yeah that show really stresses me out i've watched <laughs> one episode and i couldn't do anymore i don't blame you yeah <laughs> But I'm I I can understand the appeal for other people, but it's just too stressful for me. Um. Anyway, you can follow Hawkeyes uh, at Hawkeyes Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and mm-hmm. Tumblr. Ooh. Yeah. And you can email us at hawkeyespod at gmail dot com. And as always, the e between the hawk and the eyes <laughs> is shared. That's H A W K E Y E S. 
Um, also, shouts out to our Korean, South Korean listeners. Apparently, we chart there pretty regularly. Whoa. So that's exciting. That's what I discovered recently. Maybe Ethan Hawke is really big in South Korea. He might be. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe just people don't are. really listen to a lot of film review <laughs> yeah, podcasts. And so we're just one of the only ones that made it. Um, so, yeah. That's all. Uh, bye, guys. Yeah. Been fun. Bye. Catch you next week. Thanks okay. for having me. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.